0: Somebody shout, I got a name. Say it again, I got a name. Now watch this. I know that in this day and time, you can petition the court, and you can get the court, and you can change your name. Let's go ahead and put the preaching lights on. And you can, you can change your name if you want to change your name. But you didn't start out naming yourself, Right? How many knows everybody that has a name was named by somebody? You know, even somebody that was dropped off as sad and horrible as it is, somebody will drop a baby off at the hospital, abandon it with no name, no idea who the parents are, but even the hospital will take that baby in, take care of it, and even if it's a temporary name until that could be adopted, they'll give that baby a name. Because that's how we are known, by our name. It's hard to call somebody if they ain't got a name. Hey, you. Hey, you. I look over this section here, and I know who I'm talking about, but I say, hey, you. Y'all all all think I'm talking to all 'all. (coughs) y'all. But if I say, hey, Doug, then Doug can wave at me. Are y'all hearing me? Somebody say, I got a name. And it was given to me. Well, as powerful as that is, I said last week, I don't have time to go into all this today. you got to understand the power of a given name in the Old Testament in all Bible times and even in Eastern culture to this day. I think it's interesting that even when you fill out applications sometimes or you're talking to somebody in the interview and you're filling out paperwork, it will even say on the paperwork What is your given name? So it's declaring you may hate your name, but you have a name because somebody somewhere decided for some reason they wanted to name you that. It may be an elaborate, amazing story. It may be a story like I told you last week how my brother can't stand when I tell his story that Jeffrey Michael Raglin, my younger brother, was named because a five-year-old boy named Larry Joe Raglin was blindfolded and stuck his finger and fell down on Jeffrey on one page of the phone book, flipped over and fell down on Michael on another page of the phone book, and my brother got named that way. He hates it. But at least he has a cool story that I can tell over and over again. I'm going to need another water. Now, last week I really shocked y'all when I said, names bring sometimes positive or negative connotations. Because I wish I could have took a screenshot and a picture of the crowd when I was trying to introduce myself as Larry Trump. And then I wish I could have took a picture of the rest of the crowd when I introduced myself as Larry Obama. Because for whatever reason, I got two different images of two di- across the house. Why? Because sometimes people are, are fans of a particular politician's ideas and, and, and are not a fan of someone else's ideas. So they attribute that name with how they feel about that political candidate or person. And they can't even think about nothing else now. Well, who knew you could preach on Trump and Obama, Clinton, Bush? You want me to go ahead and make all you mad? I've already done it. But Here's the problem. if you got a problem with me? Because I said all these different kind of names, guess who's the ones that really got the problem? Because I got news for you. No matter what Trump, Obama, Bush, Clinton, whoever fill in the blanks has ever done with their life, it has nothing to do with me and what I've been called to do with my life. And I got news for you. If my name was Larry Trump or Larry Obama, that don't even necessarily mean I agree with Trump or Obama. That just means I got the name. Is this microphone working? Mm Mm-hmm. I told you if you think of Rockefeller, what do you think of? Money. But you got some folks that's struggling to get by and their last name's Rockefeller. Hmm? When you think of Einstein, what do you think of? Smart. But there's some folks... They ain't no Einstein. Come on, somebody. And they might have a last name Einstein. Names. Everybody shout, I got a name. Yeah. Are y'all praying for me? Somebody shout, I got a name. And it was given to me. See. When you go to Genesis chapter 5, I want you to just write that down because we're gonna, I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures. that You ain't got to turn to it yet because we're going to go to a bunch of different ones. But in Genesis chapter 5, it's known as the genealogy of Adam. And it begins with Adam and it begins to show you the lineage of the birth and the generations that came after Adam. And it names certain ones that are in that genealogy. There's a name every son and daughter because he had a lot of them. Dude was almost a thousand years old when he died. But he named some specific people. Now, of course, we know when we think of Adam and Eve and we think of their first two children, what were their names that are listed in the Bible? Cain and Abel. We don't necessarily know if they were. Born right together in secession. He had, the Bible says he has many other sons and daughters. But we know the story of Cain and Abel. And we know that they were probably the first two children. Now, Cain and Abel, and of course you know the story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel were bringing their sacrifices to God. And God had favor on one and not on the other. I don't have time to preach those. That's a whole story in itself of why that happened. One brought the remnants of a harvest and one brought the firstborn lamb. And the God said that he had favor upon Abel. Cain got jealous. Cain rose up and what did he do to Abel? Killed him. First murder. So, God then speaks to Eve and says, you're going to have another child. So after the famous story of Cain and Abel, God gives Eve another son. Does anybody know what his name is? Seth. His name is Seth. Now, we're preaching a series called Names, so it it makes sense that I'm going to stop for just a minute and talk about Seth. It's interesting that, that God... Chose to give her a son named Seth. And the word, the name Seth means recompense or compensation. Payback. Are y'all hearing me? Replacement. What the enemy stole, I've given you something in return. How many of the devil sometimes will take your able, but give you a Seth. Oh, y'all going to get something in just a minute. Because it's very, very important. The Bible says after Seth, it just simply says he continued to have sons and daughters until the time of his death. Seth did something significant. He brought joy back in the midst of pain and loss. But more than that, it brought inspiration that Seth was not the ending. Cain and Abel was not the ending. It felt like when Abel died, that was the end. But Seth, the compensation of God, the blessing of God, inspired him. My God, I wish I could preach what was inside of me right now. Now watch this. As you read on, you find the family history continues. From Seth, it goes to a man named Enosh. Then to a man named Canaan. Then to another son named Mahahel. Then to a son named Jared. He went to Jared. Well, we know that Jared was special. Because Jared begat another begat a son and his name was Enoch a jewel wouldn't it be cool if Enoch's name meant jewel or diamond that'd be I'd be awesome well of course he went to Jared but it doesn't mean that but I thought that'd be cool but now watch Genesis chapter five verse eighteen Jared Lived 162 years and begot Enoch. And he begot, and after he begot Enoch, Jared lived eight hundred years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. Wow, that Jared lived a long time. Now Enoch, everybody say Enoch. Enoch means. It's very important. Dedicated and faithful. Those clinics. Dedicated and faithful. Everybody say dedicated and faithful. Now, it's very important for you to understand why that's important because here's what what you got to learn about Enoch Enoch is one of the most famous people in all of biblical history. But we know very little about him because he was only mentioned. And he was only here for a short amount of time in comparison to the others. Number one reason Enoch was known is because he is one of only two men in all of biblical and recorded history who have never died. Only one of two men in biblical history have ever died. Genesis chapter 5 verse 24 goes on to say, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Are you hearing me? Now, He's also referred to in a couple of places in, in, in the New Testament. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, it says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found, but God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. How would you like to be somebody in the early stages of creation before the Noahic flood? And we know how things were building during that time that God looked down and said, you know what? Your testimony is going to be you just please me. And you please me so much that I want you with me. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this, y'all. It's powerful. Number two. Look at your, First of all, look at your neighbor and tell him, you need to want to please God. Mm-hmm. Number two reason that Enoch is famous is Enoch is considered by many theologians, listen to this, and experts in eschatology or end times teaching, to be one of the two witnesses mentioned in the book of Revelation that will preach during the tribulation period. Not all, but many believe that Enoch will be one of them. All believe that Elijah will be one of the two witnesses. But there's a a disagreement on the other of the two witnesses that will arise during the tribulation period. There's many believe that it will be Elijah and Enoch, and many believe it will be Elijah and Moses. I'm not here to debate which one it is. I'm just going to tell you, I lean on the side that it's Enoch. Here's why I believe that. Because the Bible tells us in Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto men to die once and after that the judgment. We know Moses died because he went up on the mountain and he died and and there was a a petition and 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 a spiritual fight for the body of Moses and God came in and the Bible said God personally buried Moses. So we know that Moses died, but we know that Enoch did not die. We know that Elijah's story, he's taken in a whirlwind to heaven and he did not die either. We know that the two witnesses in the book of Revelation says during the tribulation period are going to die in the middle of the tribulation period and lay dead in the streets for four days. And all the world will be able to see them. Of course, but when there's first written and even when we were kids, we couldn't imagine how that's possible. But now we know how all the world's going to see them live. Not just on television, live channels, but people's gonna be streaming it on their phones, on Facebook. The two witnesses are gonna lay there and they're gonna have, the Bible said they're gonna dance, they're gonna rejoice, they're gonna celebrate the death of these two witnesses because they cannot stand what they're preaching. Because they're preaching and telling the world that the raptured church that's just been raptured out three and a half years present before that, if you believe in a pre tribulation rapture, of which I do. These two witnesses have been explaining this is why those people are gone. This is what is coming. The mark of the beast is coming and all this. They want to shut them up. So when they finally are able to kill them, they not only rejoice, the Bible says they declare it a national holiday and even give gifts and exchange gifts in celebration of the dead men watching their bodies rot in the streets while they spit on them and stepped on them. The Bible tells us, on the fourth day, while all the world is watching, these four men are going to come back from the dead and stand up. Okay, so why am I, I'm not pre- I, I, I'll get on a rabbit trail there if I don't come back. But what I'm trying to tell you is we see Elijah is without a doubt one. He's never died but he dies during the tribulation period. Enoch's never died. I tend to believe it's Enoch because he's got to die at some point just like everybody else has ever had to die and then he comes back from the dead as well. Could be wrong, but I tend to believe that. So why is that important? Number three, Enoch is quoted in the book of Jude and he has prophesied of a coming judgment. Jude verses 14 and 15 says this, Now Enoch... Watch where his lineage is. The seventh from Adam. Seven is the number of completion, the number of the Holy Ghost. So y'all hear me. The seventh from Adam prophesied about these men. He's talking, you read the whole chapter in context, he's talking about end times. Saying, behold, the Lord comes With ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them, and their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way, and all of the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So we have a record of some things that he prophesied before he was taken. I tend to believe, if you look at it, it says, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints. Because three and a half years later, after the death and resurrection of these two men, is the end of the tribulation period, which is the battle of Armageddon, which is the beginning of the millennial reign. And the Bible says that the beginning of the millennial reign, all of the host of heaven all will come back with Jesus, praise God, and will set up the millennial reign in the kingdom here. Are y'all with me? So here we have Enoch. Only seven generations from Adam prophesying of events that will happen in the last days. That's revelation, y'all. Are y'all hearing me? Are you with me, church? And number four thing about Enoch that you need to get, it's very powerful. I believe that Enoch is very specifically placed where he was placed, very specifically named what he was named because he is a type and shadow of the rapture of the church. I'll explain that later in just a few minutes. Now, by the way, nowadays you have to make sure everybody understands that. Do y'all know what the word rapture is? Rapture's not in the Bible, the word rapture, but the but the, the thought of it is the catching of the way of the saints. That is when the Lord, oh my God, when the angel said, why stand you gazing for in like banners you see him go away, he shall come again. One day he's gonna step on the clouds, and the last trump is gonna sound, and the dead in Christ are gonna rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be in the uh, to meet him in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I still believe that Jesus is coming back for his people. I'm just crazy enough to believe the Bible. Somebody shout, He's coming. Now watch this. Enoch was 65 years old. When he had his son, whose name would stand the test of time. His name of his son that he begat at age 65 would to this day still be used in our language to describe something or someone as being very old. His son's name was, anybody want to guess? Methuselah. So now watch this. Enoch is the father of Methuselah. Isn't it ironic that God would birth in the loins a man who would give birth to a son who would become the oldest man to ever live and he would skip out because he went on to be with the Lord. And if the truth be known, on earth, his son is the oldest man to ever live, but in eternity, his daddy is the oldest man to ever live. Oh, y'all didn't get that. He's still alive. He never died, y'all. I don't know where he's being stored up in heaven. But But when you factor in that he didn't die, He's the first one that didn't die, so he's older than Methuselah. Oh, y'all didn't get that. Genesis 5.21 says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years, had sons and daughters, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So he still got to live 365 years. Now, why is Methuselah so famous? Well, he's famous because he's the oldest man to ever live, right? But how many else? we're doing a series on what? Names. So God is very intentional. Methuselah is not important just because he was the oldest man to ever live. It's much more than that. His name, his name means much more than that. His old life, his own life, actually, in the length of his life, being the oldest man to ever live, actually preaches something to us in itself. It preaches to us the grace of God and the nature of God. Methuselah literally is broken down. The word is broken down this way. Muth, the original Hebrew word, muth, M-U-W-T-H, muth means to die or death in Hebrew, muth. When you take muth or meth, which is weird, not meth, you're not smoking meth, but of his name, meth, How many knows meth means death as well. It's going to kill you. Stop doing it. Stop smoking crack, meth, whatever it is. Whatever you do. Whatever you do, I don't know how to do it. Just stop doing it. It's killing you. So if you take if you muth, meth, and combine it with selah at the end, pause and think on this, it is suggested, or, or that a moment of serenity, it is suggested that this signifies something very, very important. In the New Testament, when his name is mentioned in the New Testament, in the Greek, the Greek meaning of the word Methuselah means simply this. When he dies, this is what Methuselah means in the Greek. When he dies, there will be an omission or a release. So, Methuselah in itself, muth means death. Something is coming at death. Stop. Things are going to stop. Saleh. At the death of this man, and even the Greek version literally means, at his death, an omission or a release is coming. So in other words, if you take the Old and the New Testament and look at it and synopsis, put them together, it basically means, even Old and New Testament, Methuselah simply means when he dies, judgment or destruction or change is coming. So can you imagine, Enoch, Enoch's a man of God, right? He pleased God. He had a revelation of end times because Jude tells us he prophesied of not just the tribulation period, he prophesied of the return of the saints of God back to this earth long before anybody even knew anything of what was going to even happen to the earth. Are y'all with me this morning? told you I'm going to get a little deep on you this morning. So, if he had that kind of revelation, how many knows at 65 years old when he had his son, he asked God, What do you want me to name my son? I believe God told him to name him Methuselah. Now, because of what I'm about to tell you, but also because God knew, because how many knows nothing gets past God, that Methuselah was going to be recorded in Scripture, the oldest man to ever live. And that in itself will preach. But also within the meaning of the name is, how how, this is crazy when you think about it. He hears God say, I want you to name your son a name based on his death. Both the Old and the New Testament interpretation and definition of Methuselah, they have a different variance of what that second part of their name means, but the, but the Hebrew and the Greek both implied that death is involved in that name. At his death. So, ah, he's crying. He's one hour alive. What you going to call him? We're going to name him death. And depending on who you talk to, which theologian you talk to, some would say, we're going to name him Death Brings Destruction. How would you like to live longer than any human being who has ever lived and have to be called Death and Destruction? Are you all alive, church? Now watch this. At the age... Of 187, Methuselah had a son. His name was Lamech. Lamech means to make low or to humble. Mm. One translation or one dictionary says repent. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. You've got Enoch who's taken away as a type and shadow of the rapture, pleasing to God. Now he's gone. He's got a son whose name is when he dies, destruction is coming. And when he dies, destruction is coming, has a baby. And when he dies, destruction is coming, names his son, settle down, get right, humble yourself, get your heart right with God. Are y'all with me, church? This ain't by chance. Then, at the age of 182, Lamech gives birth to a pretty famous boy named Noah. Y'all ever heard of Noah? So, Methuselah was not only the oldest person to ever live many people don't even realize that Noah's grandfather is Methuselah. His great grandfather is Enoch. Are y'all hearing me? So We don't have time to break it down today, the timeline, but you can study it. It is an absolute factual statement. You can see charts and everything to back up what I'm saying online in your own Bible concordance. When you track the detailed timelines of the lineage mentioned in chapter 5 and their deaths, you find something pretty amazing. It's consistent upon all charts. It is believed along all experts. That Methuselah died, at the very least, the same year that the floods came upon the earth. The exact same year that the waters of the deep were opened up. That is the year that Methuselah died. In fact, many scholars believe that he died one week before the rains began. Most of those scholars go on to say they believe that is one of the reasons why God told Noah and his family to get in the ark and they stayed there for seven days before and waited on the rain. Because at that time, it is to believe that that was because they were in mourning for seven days over the death of his grandfather. Are you hearing me? Is this good preaching? Timeline tells us that his father excuse me, his father and Methuselah's son, Lamech, actually had died five years prior to this. So Lamech died five years before his father, five years before the flood. It is believed without a doubt that Methuselah absolutely died the year of the flood. As I said, many believe he died seven days Before the flood. Now remember, Enoch named his son Methuselah. At his death, change is coming. Greek definition says at his change, at his death, an emission will be released. Are y'all hearing me? Now watch this, Enoch, which was the seventh from Adam, was taken by God. He escaped the destruction that he pronounced that would happen on the death of his own son. He didn't have to go through it. Y'all, some of y'all got it. Some of y'all didn't have to. See, there's a bunch of preachers out there trying to preach to you that Jesus came and died on the cross, shed his blood for our sins. Three three days later, came back from the dead, gave us the power of the Holy Ghost. All, he did all of that for us to still have to suffer through all the tribulation that was reserved for the judgment of the enemies of God. I'm going to show you today in the Word of God, the judgment of God is not reserved for his children. It's reserved for his enemies. I believe we're going out like Enoch. Even though we know it's coming, even we know the signs of the times. We're gonna there's gonna be a church that pleases God, and we are going out before it ever happens. Somebody shout, I'm an Enoch. Am I preaching good? Enoch escaped the destruction that he knew and prophesied would come. Methuselah's Long life in itself speaks of the grace of God. Because his name means this judgment on the people of God is coming when this man dies. I think it's awesome that God chose to name somebody at his death. Judgment, destruction is coming. But I'm going to make him live longer than any human beings ever lived, just to show you how far my grace will reach you when you don't even deserve it. When I should have been dead a long time ago, He kept Methuselah alive. He He kept His son Lamech alive, which means humble yourself and repent. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Think about what God did before He destroyed the Sodom and Gomorrah. He went to Abraham and and gave him time. I could tell you story after story. I got time to preach it, but I'm gonna tell you. Before God ever brings judgment, he always speaks to his prophets. The Bible says there's no judgment that's ever come that the prophets did not know of to begin with. And the reason God chose the prophets is not just so the prophet can be proud of himself that he heard something from God. It's so that the prophet can speak to the people to get their hearts right with God before the destruction comes. God is a patient God. But I'm going to tell you, as patient as he is, he's also a faithful God. And he's not a man that he should lie. If he says destruction is coming, destruction is coming. If he says there's an antichrist coming, there's an antichrist coming. If he says there's going to be a tribulation period coming, there's a tribulation period that's going to be coming. I don't care if it feels like it's been forever, people's been preaching it for two thousand years. Let me tell you something. A thousand years is a day to the Lord, and a day to the Lord is a thousand years. We've been preaching this thing as long as you think we've been preaching it. And God is faithful. If He said He's gonna do something, He's gonna do it. So you better get your heart right with God. Look at your neighbor and tell him He's talking to you. Now let me finish this thing. Thank y'all for praying for me too. I feel better. During his long life, now watch this, the life of Methuselah. During the life of Methuselah and most the entire life of Methuselah's son Lamech, and Lamech being the father of Noah, was when the ark was built. Noah, when you read the word of God, preached the entire time. Cried out For people to get right with God. The entire time. Over a hundred years of preaching. And you know how many people got saved? None. We get discouraged when people don't come out for a big event that we had one night. What if you open the doors of this house for a hundred years? And I, me and my wife and my kids stand up from on the stage preaching to an empty house and got speakers out there on the street and compelling people to come in. And a 100 years later, we look at each other and we're like, all right, baby, one more time. What's the tally? How many can we post on social media that gave their life to God in the last 100 years? Well, baby, it's hard to tell you, zero. How many knows if you was ever going to quit the ministry? That's the one you quit the ministry. How many knows it took power, it took anointing? Something beyond the physical ability of Noah, not just to build that ark, but to stay building that ark. How I many of us, most of us would have said, forget this, build yourself, God. Can I get an Amen. Now, when Methuselah died, as the oldest man to ever live, it began to rain. Some believe exactly seven days from his death. The ark was built by the man named Noah. Do you know what Noah means? Noah means rest. It's the only word. Look it up and you'll see. Noah, dot, dot, rest. So let's look at God. Enoch, he walked with God and he pleased God so much that God said, I know what's coming. I don't want you to have to go through that. I'm rapturing you up here with me. He has a son that he names when he dies, destruction is coming. He makes him the oldest, longest person to ever live so that the preaching can last longer than any human being has ever had to preach. And he names his son, repent and humble, go low, keep yourself, understand that you're nothing in the eyes of God and you need God. So more than likely, People don't preach this, but I just got to believe this. Methuselah was a man of God. Lamech was a man of God. I got to believe that Methuselah and Lamech helped Noah build the ark. Huh? While they're trying to help him preach too. Oh, y'all ain't here. Building, preaching, pleading. You want to see, you think times are bad right now? They're pretty bad. But listen to Genesis chapter 6. This is the environment in which they were preaching. This is the environment in which God made sure the oldest man to ever live that means at his death, destruction, and judgment is coming made him live as long as he could because it is God's heart for people to come to repentance and that none perish. Am I preaching right? Yes. Genesis chapter six. Now it came to pass. This right, right, the right same time that Methuselah died, when men began to multiply on the face of their daughters are born to them. That the sons of God, these are are fallen angels, saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful. They took wives for themselves for all they chose. You understand? We're talking about angelic beings coming and having intimate relations with humans, creating deformed things known as giants and all kinds of things. This is how we got a Goliath. This is how we got all of these things. The the blood, human blood was tainted. They, were be- they saw that these daughters of men were beautiful, and they took them for wives of themselves to whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterwards, when the sons of God came in the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man, how great it was on this earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth. And he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man and whom I created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Somebody say, But God, Ooh, aren't you glad that Noah found grace? Aren't you glad that Noah heard the gospel? from Methuselah. Aren't you glad that Lamech taught him to be humble? Are you not thankful that every time he called his daddy's name or heard anybody call his daddy's name it reminded him you ain't nothing without God. Get low. Repent. Make sure you don't think like all these other people. Every time he called his granddaddy's name he said he breathed the breath of hope. Well he ain't dead yet so there's still hope. He ain't dead yet. I still got time. He ain't dead yet. I can preach another sermon. My granddaddy he ain't dead yet. I know what is what's gonna happen when he dies, but for whatever reason, God has kept him alive, so I might as well tell somebody else about the Lord. If God has given you breath in your body today, do not waste it. Cursing your life, saying things like you, he'd be I'd be better off if I wasn't even here. If God woke you up this morning, he's got a Methuselah anointing on you. If God woke you up this morning, you ain't dead yet. That's why I said last week, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to live. I'll die when I'm dead. I'm tired of seeing people die while they're still living. Somebody help me. I think it's interesting to me that God made man on the sixth day. And on the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. Enoch pleased God it was taken. Enoch named his son Methuselah his death will bring. Methuselah named his son Lamech to make low, humble, or repent. Lamech named his son Noah to rest. Noah's role in all of creation matched his name. Noah meant rest. But Noah was a reset. Noah was a reboot. See, Noah... It was all planned and how he named them and how they all went out. Noah was not just the salvation of humanity. Noah was the reset of day seven in the garden. That was God's way of taking it back. He said, I'm not going to destroy them all. Even though Noah can't be equated with Adam, I understand that. But it was almost like, I'm going to do this again. Things are going to be a little bit different because my people have learned some things over their life. Or Noah has. So we thought. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, when he talks about the last days, he calls them the days of Noah. Just as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Are y'all hearing me? Am I preaching good? See, right now we're, we're sort of in a in a in a gelling of a Methuselah, an a Lamech and a Noah generation. While the days of Noah, Genesis chapter 6 are happening all around us, the grace of God, Methuselah is long suffering. God has allowed us to still be here so that the the voice of Lamech of repentance and humble and humility getting your eyes off of man and on of God can survive so that when the generation of the days of of Enoch oh my God, I wish I had another two hours are pleasing unto God the Bible says he's coming after a church without spot and blemish those that are looking for him Isn't it interesting the way that we're going to leave this earth is the same way Elijah and Enoch both left this earth. Their feet lifted up off and disappeared into the clouds. See, we're in the days of Noah again. God is being patient. He's giving us the mantle of Methuselah. But he's calling us to be Enoch's. To walk with God. Listen to what Peter says about the final days. 2 Peter 2, 4, 9. I'm closing. For if God did not spare the angels. This is who we're talking about in Genesis chapter 6. This is what he says. For if God did not spare the angels, the sons of, of God that went into the daughters of men who sinned, but cast them down into hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, But saved Noah. Is there any doubt he's talking about Genesis chapter 6 right here? Are you with me, church? But saved Noah, one of eight people. What does number eight mean? At his death, Methuselah. Something new. One of eight people. Preacher of righteousness. Bringing in the flood of the world of the ungodly. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. But delivered the righteous Lot. Do you see what he's trying to teach us here? He saved Noah in the midst of judgment. He saved Lot in the midst of judgment. Who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For the righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Verse 9, then the Lord knows. In other words, if the Lord could deliver Noah from destruction, if the Lord could deliver Lot from the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, then know this. Verse 9, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of the temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment at the day of judgment. The day of judgment is reserved for the unjust, not the justified. Hebrews chapter 4, this the last thing I'm going to read. Verse 4. For he has spoken in a certain place on the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in his place. They sh- he's, and again in his place they shall not enter my rest since therefore it remains that some must enter in that those whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience again he designates a certain day saying in the prophet David today everybody say today after such a long time as it has been said today say it again today today if you will hear, my, hear his voice do not harden your hearts For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not have afterward have spoken of another day. In other words, Joshua wasn't able to give them what they needed. Only God could. Verse 9. But there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. So we need to start studying our Bibles again. And we need to understand That the story of Noah and Methuselah and Enoch is not just a Sunday school story, a vacation Bible school story of when the flood came and we brought animals two by two. It is a message, it is a kingdom message. Even their names preach the gospel of a better covenant. You think that's something? You think that's amazing? Well, we got a better covenant. We got something better than an ark to float when the waters come. Isn't it? Can I just go ahead and just, if I hadn't offended you already, can I go ahead and offend you as we leave today? I'm going to say it in love as much as I can, but I got to say this. It is not by chance that those that have distorted misconstrued, distorted the creative family plan of God of a husband and a wife that they have stolen the symbol of the promise of Noah, the rainbow, and have turned it into a symbol of something that goes against The create I'm not. That's not hate speech. Don't go. Listen, Facebook. Go ahead, ban me. I don't care. I was preaching before you came along. You dropped me. I'll still be preaching. But here's the reality. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. Come on. I'm tired of people worrying about whether they're going to get banned by Facebook. We have a church who cannot use. They think they cannot use the symbol that God brought out of the destruction of the world to say never again will I ever do this. This is my promise to you and let's go further. The Bible says in the book of Revelation when John sees Jesus sitting on the throne he is clothed in a rainbow around the throne. It ain't just a promise that he puts in the sky down here. He's got the rainbow around his head. It is a promise and a reminder of the grace of God and the devil's trying to steal it. It's time for the church to take it back. It's time for the church get up on your feet right now and shout grace, grace grace that's not preaching against the people I'm not even preaching against individuals I'm just saying man that rainbow symbol belongs to God you wouldn't even know about a rainbow in the sky if God didn't put it up there means rest while we preach that Jesus says in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man we focus too much on the chaos in the days of Noah we are discouraged and now we have been forced to be frightened to stand up we live in a what they call a cancel culture now here's the truth I'm not trying to give anybody any ideas but if they're going to do it they probably knew they could do it Churches can be destroyed now just by somebody going on their Facebook page and leaving all kinds of negative reviews on there and all of a sudden people worked their years, years and years and years trying to serve their community and one person got disgruntled and now the whole community buys in to what was said. So it has created a spirit of fear that people are afraid to speak truth and love now for fear of being canceled out protested go viral the enemy he's not won but it looks like he's winning here's where he's winning more than any place he's winning in the local church he's put such a fear on us that we're worried that Jesus was talking about what you need to be worried about is the condition of the world is going to be as bad or worse it was in Noah. But Noah was concerned about the condition, but he preached to the condition. He preached God and love. Now listen. So how about this? How about we focus on the name? As in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. I don't want to take away from the fact that he's telling us there'll be lovers of themselves. And he goes talks about all these things that will happen. He tells us the conditions of the world. But if we get deep, we'll say, "But it, you understand that even in the midst of that chaos, for the people of God, there remains a rest." God says. In the days of the name of Noah that Jesus made sure he named would describe the end times while chaos is going all around. For the people of God, there remains a rest. No matter how much chaos is in your life, financial problems, marital problems, children problems, discouragement, depression, failure, brokenness you are in the days of Noah you are in the days of rest remember what he said he said but if Joshua could have given them rest he wouldn't have asked for another day he wouldn't have been asking continue to ask give me a, we need another day to get he said there's nothing that Joshua could do to give them what they needed they needed me, God they needed God to do it Pastor Larry can't give you rest. Solid Rock Church can't give you rest. No preacher, no song can give you rest. Only God. Only God. If you're here today and you say, I'm in a chaotic situation in my life. Maybe there's some sin in your life that you need to get right with God. Maybe there's just some chaos that just feels like destruction. And you need some rest. I want to pray for you. Can you come and stand before me now? I want to pray for you. I want to pray that rest on you today. Come on. Come on. Who is it? Come on. Come on. Come on. That's right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Who needs rest today? Who needs rest in their body? Rest in their mind. Who needs rest in their mind? Who's tired of their mind running a 1,000 miles an hour? Who, who's tired? How many tired of not being able to sleep at night? How, are, you, are you not tired of the nightmares? Are you not tired of the night terrors? Are you not tired of... Judging yourself all the time.